welcome back to BYOB. Today I'm joined by a very special guest and that is Sadie Sutton. Sadie is a sophomore at the University of Pennsylvania where she is majoring in psychology and she's also the host of the She Persisted podcast which is a teen mental health podcast where she interviews expert guests on all things related to self-growth and DBT. I am a huge fan of the podcast. We talked about this before we started recording but Love your episodes. You have some really good advice and information on there and also really good guests. So you guys should definitely check out her podcast. Um, she has Victoria Garrick on there, which I think I've talked about, or I guess Victoria Brown now. That was a hard um, pitch. Yeah. She was I was going to gonna say, how did, you, how did you do that? How did you finesse that? I feel like I would be too scared. Yeah. Hey. Well, first of all, thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here. Um, it was a process. I... I'm not sending out as many pitch emails right now because I was on a grind this summer and I've recorded all my interviews through 2023. So I'm like, oh my god, which has never happened before. I'm always like week up, like what that what is, is going so up? Impressive. Like I don't know what to do. But this summer I did a bunch of interviews and when I pitch guests, when I do a cycle of pitches, I send out probably like 30 p- pitch emails to guests and I say like, okay, these are like the dream guests and there's a spectrum. It's like Selena Gomez, never going to come on my yeah. podcast, but still email her anyways. And like someone that I've seen on TikTok that has a great perspective, not a huge following though, and likely will be willing to come on the podcast. So there's a big spectrum of how likely it is that they will come on the show. But with Victoria Garrick or Victoria Brown, I heard her speak at a school near me like years ago. And okay. I didn't really make the connection until I was going to pitch her for the podcast. And I emailed her a bunch of times. And at one point she was like, yeah, I would love to. I was like, great, amazing. Tried to schedule, kept rescheduling. And then she, they were like, she's not doing any more interviews right now. So mm-hmm. didn't happen the first time. And then I did an Instagram story at least like a year later. And I was like, loved this from like at Victoria Garrick or something. Also pitched her like so many numbers of times. Would love to have her on the show. Mm-hmm. She saw it and was like, okay, email my assistant. Tell her I said it's approved. And then we record it. But she is a busy woman. She has a lot going on. And she's one of the hardest people to book ever. And also someone that so many people want on. She's like the person that whenever I have people come on the show that um, have their own shows, they're always like, can you put me in touch? And I'm like, I am not in touch. I can try and send an email. But like, we are not we are not in touch to the point where I can oh make an gosh. introduction. That's yeah. awesome, like, though. My I'm... blind email will be the same as your blind email. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. I'm so glad that it worked out. And honestly, I feel like that's what you need to do. You just got to keep, keep pressing and then hopefully you get a yes. Yeah. When in doubt, go to for the tag on the Instagram story. I feel like that's one of like, they're not going to probably see the DM, the email, maybe Mm -hmm. you can go through a publicist. But with that kind of person if you tag mm-hmm. them on an Instagram story and are like I loved this content would love to have them on the show mm-hmm. that's where I've kind of seen some movement with guests that really are are difficult to book because they're so busy yeah that's awesome thanks so much for giving yeah. us that behind the scenes <laughs> um so yeah really excited um to have you on and thanks again for taking the time yeah. so uh, for today's episode we're going to be talking about comparison and confidence And I feel like, honestly, my episodes are not as planned out. And we just, we're doing this week of, like, this will be out on Monday. The episode I recorded last time, I recorded on Sunday and then put it out on Monday. So (laughs) I feel like the topics that I've I've been talking about recently 
relate to post-grad life, but also just college life as well. And comparison is something that I've always really struggled with. And especially after graduating college, I feel like I've really been struggling with comparison because it kind of feels like I'm back in that first year of college where I'm like looking through my social media and I'm like, damn, everyone's really adjusted to this transition and I'm still kind of like flailing around, unsure of what to do. And so I feel like comparison and confidence are really linked because for me personally, whenever I compare myself to others, I feel like I don't measure up in some way. So, and I like start thinking that there are things that are wrong with me that I'm like, oh, this person has more friends than I do. So that must be mean that I'm not very personable. or I'm not like as social and stuff like that. Um, so I think when talking about confidence and building confidence, it's also really important to address the comparison aspect of that. Yeah, no, I completely agree. And I definitely relate to what you're saying, especially with like scrolling on Instagram and other people's friendships and relationships. And I feel like that is such a common theme in college is seeing how other people are adjusting to this very new situation. Um, Whether it's like people that are at your own school or other friends that are elsewhere in their lives. And so definitely 100% can relate to that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And going off of that, you know, we kind of touched a little bit on like social media and seeing what other people are doing, how that can affect you know, your confidence and the way you view yourself in relation to others. But are there any other ways that you feel like you've dealt with comparison in your personal life? Yeah, I feel like the quote, I don't I think it was actually a philosopher that said it. We were speaking <laughs> about my philosophy class before we started recording. But it's the the quote, comparison is the thief of joy. And I really do think that's that's true and that's accurate. And whenever I'm engaging in like a thought or an or- urge or behavior that doesn't necessarily align but I can't get myself to stop doing it whether it's like snoozing 45 times or like things with confidence like not feeling great about myself I sometimes find it helpful to logic myself out of it and really think follow the thought pattern like kind of go down that rabbit hole and be like but why like what's the reason I do well when things make a sense I like there to be answers to things um, and I found that strategy to be really effective in a lot of things, whether it was core belief systems or ways I viewed myself in relationships. Um, and it, it's similar to this skill in something called dialectical behavioral therapy, which I talk a lot about on She Persisted, but it's a skill called checking the facts. And whenever you have anxiety or feel overwhelmed or you're having emotions, especially like shame and guilt and Anger, it can be really effective to check the facts of the situation, check what mm-hmm. has objectively occurred. And especially with comparison, when you're checking the facts of, say, scrolling through someone's Instagram feed, we just had Halloween, like last weekend. You're scrolling through someone's feed and you're like, oh my gosh, they had five different costumes. They must have gone out five nights in a row and they had so many like group costumes, like they must be having this like amazingly fulfilled social life and having so much fun. And that wasn't what Halloween looks like for me. Mm-hmm. So, and if it's me, I probably will then make a jump and be like, so I'm not as good as them or I'm not as deserving of having those friendships or I'm not as cool, whatever conclusions you draw from that, that observation. And so if you were checking the facts, you'd be like, okay, so I see a picture of them on four different occasions in four different costumes what do I actually know about this? Like, and I kind of will come up with other solutions. Sometimes it's easier 
to check the objective facts with that situation. We don't really have a lot of insight to what actually happened. But if it was like an interaction you had with someone and then you're feeling really shamed and anxious and you're like, they must think I'm so like odd or that went so terribly or that's not what I intended to say, you can go back and check the facts and be like, did they respond in a negative way? No, Mm -hmm. they just didn't respond in a super positive way. So is it accurate to draw that conclusion? No. And you kind of nip that assumption in the bud. So with the Halloween example, maybe you're like, so it's probably not true, but maybe they just bought themselves four different costumes. They actually didn't go out at all. (laughs) They Mm -hmm. didn't, they were also in a position where they wish that their Halloween weekend would have looked different. Or maybe they did go out, but they felt like they were feeling alone and there was a lot of drama with their friends and they got into a giant argument and it was actually not a fun experience or Mm -hmm. something like that, where you kind of you're giving attention to the negative beliefs that could potentially be concluded about yourself. So do do the opposite, like give both an equal weight. What could this also be um, saying about this person? What does that say about me? And so maybe you're like, okay, yes, I didn't go out five nights in a row, but I had a really great time with my friends and I'm really happy with those relationships. And I had a really great weekend and it was really fun for me. Or I didn't go out, but that meant that I was able to show up as my best version of myself for classes or work the week after and everyone else was in a terrible mood and exhausted, but I wasn't. And I'm I'm feeling great today. And like, I'm happy about that. I'm content with that. And so there's there's kind of two skills within there. One is checking the facts and seeing what is truly valid and what are you just assuming. And then if you are going to play around with those assumptions and conclusions, you don't have to, but I will give myself the rule that you have to give both possible conclusions equal weight mm-hmm. because they're both equally likely. And so if you're going to spend time ruminating about the conclusions that make you seem like an awful, terrible, not good enough person, mm-hmm. what about the conclusions that make you believe that you are a good person that is deserving of love and happiness and all of these kinds of things. And so that is one thing that's really helpful with comparison. There's also a lot of different things that you can do with the emotions that come up to navigate those, whether it's shame or guilt or anxiety and kind of distracting yourself in the moment, but not avoiding those because then they will come up in a more stronger, overwhelming way. It can be really helpful to, again, like follow that train of thought and analyze like okay like I saw an Instagram post and now I'm like crying because Mm -hmm. I feel like I'm not good enough how did we get from like point a to point i Mm -hmm. like there was clearly a huge jump there like let's unpack this and kind of understanding when you drew those conclusions about yourself and then just like how could I have done that more effectively like Mm -hmm. could I have checked the facts at this point could I have actually spent that time ruminating on the 50 percent that makes me feel better about myself um could I have just distracted myself from going down this rabbit hole altogether and so I think a lot of those skills in turn can help with kind of the the confidence boost that can come from not engaging in those thoughts and mm-hmm. um, I think another I feel like a comparison is a part of confidence but it's like a whole other beast to tackle I would say a lot of my confidence when I just think about the the idea, idea generally it doesn't necessarily come from comparison it comes from these things that I'm doing with no relation to anyone else it's the habits that I engage in it's the goals that I'm pursuing it's the things that make me happy regardless of what's going on with other people so whether that's the podcast or work or 
a morning routine, these things that make me feel good about myself, but have no one else involved in them. And so that's Mm -hmm. another thing to kind of think about is like, what is making you feel confident? What is helping you feel your best? And it probably isn't comparing yourself. So then how Mm -hmm. can you make that shift and try to move more towards the less comparing yourself? And we are wired to compare ourselves. It's very natural. It's just a part of the way we function as humans from so many different evolutionary perspectives. Um, so it's normal. It's natural. It's mm-hmm. you are trying to teach yourself to do something that is unnatural. Yeah. And whenever mm-hmm. I'm like, okay, well, there's the evolutionary basis for these things. We evolve very slowly and there's not really much of a purpose right now to compare ourselves to the degree that we do. Mm-hmm. And so it's okay to want to shift that behavior. And I think Another thing worth noting is that we're comparing ourselves to more people than we ever have before. Mm -hmm. Previously, even if we went back five years, maybe you followed like a couple really big influencers on Instagram or you followed a couple of YouTubers. If we just think about TikTok and how many people that are exactly like you, but maybe you feel like are a little bit better than you are showing up on your For You page, you're exposed to even more people to compare yourself to if we go back 50 years it was just the people in your community or the people you interacted Mm -hmm. with maybe you saw on tv and so we just have so many more data points to compare ourselves to and it's challenging because you're always going to be worse in some regard but you also always can be better in some regards Mm -hmm. and so giving that that true true fairness that true 50 50 time Mm -hmm. of focusing on like yes there's always Mm going to be things that I'm worse at but what am I better at like in my early like for me I would be like okay I am very persistent that's why I call the podcast she persisted I am really proud of my work ethic I feel like I'm a really great friend I'm a good listener I feel like I'm very creative like all of these things that maybe this person on the internet has no eye for graphic design but I can be like okay but I'm better at that like that's one Mm -hmm. one thing and so kind of shifting that that narrative around how you interact with these things that bring up emotions definitely so much good advice there and I think The first thing that you said that really struck me was comparing yourself in social media in general to, you know, like seeing people go out and stuff. I remember that was something that I really struggled with in college and even now because I'm not really someone who, you know, drinks a lot and parties a lot and stuff like that. So I know when like whenever I saw that on Instagram, I always was like, is that what I should be doing? Like maybe I'm not making like the most of my college experience if I'm not doing that. But then the thing with comparisons, I feel like we get so stuck in comparison that we forget what we actually want. And with that, whenever I was like at bars and stuff, like it would, it was fine, but I would always like have that period of the night where I was like, you know, I really would have rather like just being at home and like baking something. And so then like I realized, okay, this is what I think I should be doing, but it's not actually something that brings me joy. And I think when we get stuck in the comparison, we forget what we really want and what makes us happy. And something that's really interesting is I was listening to the You Up podcast. I don't know if you listen to that podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, it's like part of Betches, but they interviewed Delaney Rowe. And she's like, she has a lot of followers on TikTok. And, you know, from the outside, she seems like she's doing like really great. But on the podcast, she was talking about how she like even when you have millions of followers you still have the same problems they're just at a different level so like what you were saying you know 
we're comparing ourselves to others now and maybe we think like, oh, if I had more followers, if I had more friends and I would be happier. But she was saying like, you you don't get happier when you have that because then more like different problems arise. Like, oh, do they want to be friends with me because they like me or because they want to use me for fame and stuff like that. So I mean, the grass is always greener on the other side. If you, I feel like if you get so caught up in comparison, you're never going to be happy because there's your life is never going to be perfect. That's just like the way that life is. Um, but it can be so hard to not compare yourself to others and see what other people are doing. Again, what you're seeing with social media, we just know everyone's every move. I feel like now I know when someone's going to get coffee. I know when someone's going on a first date. Like I know when someone's flying home and seeing their family and stuff like that, we just know what everyone is doing. And so then that makes it really easy for us to be like, okay, well, I'm not doing that. So I must be doing something wrong. Um, And so I think it's interesting to talk about comparison with ourselves and people that we don't know in social media. But I'm like wondering, have you ever felt yourself comparing yourself in your personal relationships? And how do you feel like comparison can impact those personal relationships? Yeah, I I really like what you said um, about asking if you really do want the life of the person you're comparing yourself towards. I think that's so true. And it's a great skill, especially with things like TikTok and social media and Instagram. Like the thing that comes to mind for me are those like really aesthetic day in the lives, like especially like corporate America for some reason. Oh my like, gosh. Get up. They're like my five to nine. Like, <laughs> okay, wait, wait, wait. I, I don't mean to interrupt you, but I'm going yeah. to just because this made me think of this girl on TikTok. Her name is Kristen Schick, I think. She's basically the same age as I am, but she's living in Seaport, which is like a really nice place part of Boston and her day in my life always comes up on my TikTok page and she's like I wake up then I go to my workout at Equinox then I do my 12-step skin routine and then she has like a three-second clip of her working and then she's like and then I uber into downtown and get drinks with friends and then I come home and like watch tv with my boyfriend or something like that and I'm just like wow what a day in the life. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, no, it's like, whenever I get those, and you're like me, I'm saying like you, I'm initially like, wow, like, this seems like a really great day in the life. Like, I wish (laughs) that's what my life looked like. And then I'm like, okay, wait, do I want to work in corporate America? Do I have any interest in anything related to consulting or math or finance? Absolutely not. That sounds like my worst nightmare. And then I'm like, do I want to be forced to wake up at 5 a.m.? No. Do I want to spend my night like doing all these crazy things instead of sitting in bed and like watching a TV show? No. And so you like if you wouldn't be happy doing that thing, just don't Mm -hmm. even don't Mm -hmm. compare. It's not Mm -hmm. worth your time. It's not worth your energy. Um, And it's really funny to like think about how we have those initial impulses of, oh, I want that. And then you're like, no, but I do not want that at all. Like, I don't know why the instinct is let's let's compare and then secondarily we're like wait actually I don't want that um I'm blanking on your question that you just asked I think a lot of the things transfer over but I think it's a lot more detrimental to the relationship you see the impacts a lot more quickly than you would if you're like comparing yourself to some random person on Instagram that you're never going to talk to I think with comparison comes things like jealousy anger and whenever I have those emotions arise, I remind myself that those are not primary emotions. Those are secondary emotions. They're an emotion in response to another emotion. Mm -hmm. So if I am 
my friends go out and I am not invited or I didn't realize they were hanging out and I'm feeling jealous or I'm feeling angry. I'm like, okay, but what's actually the emotion there? Like initially I feel jealousy, but I'm like, okay, let's like unpack that a bit. And maybe you are feeling sad that you were left out. Maybe you're feeling rejected. Maybe you're feeling like you're not good enough or you're worried that they don't like you or that um, that they didn't want to spend time with you or that they, they don't enjoy spending time with you. Any of those kinds of things and getting to the root of the issue. And even you can take it a step further being like, okay, if they don't like me, but like, what does that mean? Like, does that mean that you are unlikable in general and like not worthy of having relationships? Does that mean you're just not good enough, period? And a lot of the times it'll trace back to like one or two belief systems. If you're struggling with your mental health, they're probably negative belief systems that you have about yourself. And so for me, the belief systems that I struggled with for a really long time were that I wasn't going to be good enough for my parents. So my relationship with them, that showed up a lot. I believe that I wasn't deserving of love at all from anyone, whether it was like friendships or family And I also thought that I was going to struggle with my mental health and be unhappy forever. I didn't think that I was capable of experiencing anything different. And so any of these very surface level interactions that I would have, whether these emotions like jealousy or anger would come up, you can break those down. You can ask yourself, okay, but like, what does it actually mean? And then try and trace it back to that belief system. And then once you kind of establish that connection, you can then work to rewire it and be like, no, I know logically, even if though it doesn't feel like it, that I am deserving of love and relationships and happiness. And so even though my friends hung out without me, I know that that doesn't mean that I'm, they don't like me or that I'm not deserving of their friendships, that I'm not good enough to be friends with them. And then again, I would like do the like 50-50 investment. Like you've spent your time ruminating about why you feel like you're not good enough for that relationship. So what about the rumination of like, oh, I actually told them I was so stressed out this week. So maybe they were thinking that like, we don't even want to add anything else to her plate. Like we know she's really busy or maybe they just ran into each other. Like all of these other possibilities that can explain the situation without you like tearing yourself down. But Mm -hmm. having any of those kinds of emotions and comparison in interpersonal relationships, especially friendships, I have found to create a lot of tension and I notice that I show up differently in the relationship. Like I'm kind of annoyed. I'm kind of a little bit off put. I'm not as nice as I would normally be. And it definitely impacts the relationship. And then you're creating more problems for yourselves because you're not only internally being like, I have this emotional block to spending time with this person, but now they're like, why is she being so rude to me? I don't want to spend time with her, which is like, I don't blame that person. Mm -hmm. So um, I, I think you kind of have to decide like what your goal is. Like maybe you are fine comparing yourself to that person. And that's just like, you're like, okay, that's it. That's the end of the process. And maybe you're like, no, but I really enjoy this friendship. But I don't know why this comparison is coming up, but I'd really like this experience to be different. And then working to rewire those belief systems um, and understand that these behaviors that your friend is exhibiting aren't a reflection of you. And I think whenever we talked about reminding yourself of when you're comparing yourself to someone ask yourself like do you really want that but it's also important to compare like what is their foundation that's allowing them to be at this point and I think a really big one that comes to mind is like classes how you're performing in a class and if one person is like doing really well and you're like oh I wish I had that 98.9 in my canvas mine's like a terrible grade right now (laughs) 
can be like, okay, well, this person has already taken this class up until this point last semester and they dropped out. And so now they actually know all the content or this person is meeting with a tutor three times a week or this person took this AP class in high school. And so they actually know the content already or math just comes really easily to them, but these other subjects don't, but those come easily to me. And so really also comparing the foundations because we all have different backgrounds. We all have different precursors and foundations to these things, whether it's relationships or emotions or belief systems or experiences. And so none of the things that we're going through are going to be experienced in the same way. Mm -hmm. We can't compare ourselves to the current moment without also comparing the background. Mm -hmm. And we forget that a a lot of the time. So like whenever you have that present moment comparison, kind of comparing, like you said, do I really want this? that future mm-hmm. component and then also being like okay but like let's compare the the background of the past that allowed them to show up as confident or social or unstressed or any of these things that you might be jealous of um or comparing comparing yourself to and be like okay well I have a completely different foundation so it makes sense why I'm not acting like that or I don't feel like that mm-hmm. definitely and something that you've been touching on is the idea of kind of rationalizing your thoughts and, you know, getting to the root of these thoughts and making them more realistic. And I feel like that's something that's really helpful when you're dealing with anxiety um, and just knowing that not all of your thoughts are true. And I think that's something that's really helped me because I used to think that every single thought that came in my head was to the truth. And so, like even when I was spiraling and I'd get a bad grade in an, on an exam and that would lead to me saying that I was not I was going to be unemployed and homeless somewhere. Um, I used to like think that those thoughts were true. And I remember I would like tell my parents that and stuff. And my mom was like, we never let you be homeless. Like <laughs> if you don't have a job, you can stay with us. But um, I remember like when my therapist was like, not all thoughts are created equal. That was something that was so mind blowing to me because I was like, wait, so I can think something and then it doesn't have to be true. And I think that's something that's really important to recognize that you can, it's okay to have all of these thoughts of comparison and jealousy or what's whatnot. But one thing I don't remember who said this. Honestly, it's probably Peloton instructor because I feel like I get all of my <laughs> motivational quotes from them. Um, but I remember like I heard that you can't control your first thought, but you can always control your second thought and your action after that. So if you see your friends hanging out, if you see someone your same age making way more money than you or having more friends than you, it's okay if your first thought is, damn, I like why isn't that me? But you can control the second thought of being like, wait, one, like, is that what I want? And two, like, they may be succeeding in this area of life, but I'm succeeding in a different area of life. And also just because they're succeeding and just because they have a lot of friends doesn't mean that I'm not succeeding and I don't have a lot of friends. Because I feel like with comparison, we always think that we're less than someone and that's kind of the root of that comparison um for me at least it's never like oh we can both be smart and successful it's always it has to be one of us it can either be you or me that's successful um yeah it's kind of like the scarcity versus abundance perspective and i i think that's true and i think as i have become more healthy in my relationships 
on impulse instead of being like, oh, my friend is doing that. That's really cool. Why I'm not like that. Like, again, like that, this is impossible for me. And now I'm jealous and inferior mm-hmm. being like, oh my gosh, can you teach me? And like having the, the immediate thought of like, oh, they can do this really well, or they have this great trait, or they're really amazing in this aspect. We have a relationship. I know them. This means that they can also help me improve in that area. Mm-hmm. And so, again, like reminding yourself that it doesn't have to be that scarcity one or the other black and white um, approach. It can be much more nuanced than that. And there's that applies to literally every mm-hmm. area of life. Definitely. And once you start focusing on yourself, you know, what you have what your successes are, what you're good at. I feel like that really is the root of building confidence because again, like what we were talking about earlier, there's always going to be someone who's smarter than you, prettier than you, richer than you, whatever. And so just chasing being the best is never going to bring you that confidence because even if you get to the top, there's always going to be more that you can do. You know, I'm sure that like, why can I literally not think of any celebrities? I'm sure Taylor <laughs> Swift, you know, she, there are even things that she compares herself to others with. Yeah. And so there's never, there's never an end to comparison to kind of create that confidence. So you have to build it really within yourself yeah. and focus on that internal validation. And like what you're saying before with relationships, comparison can definitely destroy relationships. And so it's something, building confidence is something that you have to actively work on and you know nixing that comparison again is also something that you have to work on and it's not just like oh one day I'm just like gonna decide to not worry about what other people are doing like you have to really yeah focus on working on that oh so kind- a really great episode with Dr. Sasha Hines it was number 118 and she talked about her experience with comparison and she put it from kind of an ap- academic perspective and she was like I was never the best or the most amazing in the room. And I just kept not being the best. I went to undergrad at Harvard. I went to grad school at Columbia or Penn. She got her master's. She worked at Penn. She did all of these amazing, incredible things where you're like, she is the best. She is the greatest. That is insane. Mm -hmm. And she realized that she was sitting in this room with Penn staff and Penn grads and she was alongside like Angela Duckworth and Adam Grant and all these insanely amazing, talented psychologists because she is a psychologist as well. And so she kind of reframed that. And I loved the way she explained it, that if you are never the greatest at anything and you are never the best in the room, it means that who you're comparing yourself to is also improving. Because she went from like comparing herself as a high school student or an undergrad to being at the top of her field with the handpicked five to 10 best people in her industry. And so I I think that's very true as well. If you're like, I just am never getting to the point where I feel good enough or I'm never getting to the point where I feel the best or like I am sitting here and have a, a leg up on everyone, that's probably a good thing because it means that you're constantly growing and improving and mm-hmm. kind of check yourself with the people you were comparing yourself to six months ago, a year ago, five years ago, to the people that you're comparing yourself to now. And that in itself can kind of be a way to counteract that comparison and be like, wow, I've really grown a lot. Like that, that is really cool. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I think that's something too important to think, important to think about that we don't always remember. I love that story. And I think that's so important too. I feel like we just 
don't give ourselves enough credit for where we are and what we've achieved because I think it just like has to do with hustle culture. I feel like for me personally, I'm always like, there's, there's always something else that I can be doing. Like, even though I'm where I wanted to be a year ago, like there's, I need to be doing more. I kind of like tell myself like, oh, okay, I wanted to be here a year ago, but that's because I didn't know that there were other things that I can be doing and stuff. And so like, there's never, there's never really an end. And I feel like with hustle culture, we just don't take enough time to just sit and like be proud of ourselves for where we are now and what we've accomplished. And obviously that's really important to do that. Like that self-love again, internal validation is what's going to help you increase and build your confidence. Um, No, at some point you have to just deeply, profoundly, radically accept that from an external perspective, nothing will ever be enough, whether it's academics or your work or your relationships, because so many of these things are judged subjectively. And even if it's your idea of the best, it's not someone else's. There's always a, a more effective way to do things or a different level of success that you can gain or a, another goal to pursue. And so the only way to really feel like you've made it or that you are okay or that you're content or that you're you're happy with where you're at is again that internal work and just being completely okay and happy and practicing acceptance for where you are at right now and having a lot of pride and like self-love around what you have done and all mm-hmm. the progress that you have made and um and appreciating that because it's not going to come externally based on the world we live in because there are so many amazing phenomenal cool people out there that will we will never compare ourselves to and even if we just again I love logicing things out and being like this is why it doesn't work Mm -hmm. you're like I want to be the best at this thing but also this thing and it takes like 35 years to master each of those like you're just never gonna be able to master those like if you were like I'm gonna be an Olympic swimmer but I'm also gonna be a microbiologist you're not going to be able to be the best in both of those fields because it takes so much time and the people that are the best in both of those fields have dedicated their entire lives to pursuing those goals and so yeah mm-hmm. it's just you really truly have to reframe what that success looks like and what that feels like and kind of just accept that it's not ever gonna occur externally and that's okay that's completely mm-hmm. fine and it feels better when it's internal or within your relationships anyways yeah because once you you know work on internal validation that's something that's steady that's something that's constant because you know you're always stuck with yourself but when you rely on external validation and reassurance from other people that's always fleeting that always you know comes and goes and you know even with when I think of celebrities when they have you know they win awards for like movies or albums and stuff like that. I'm sure like that's like a high, but I feel like with that, there's always, there's like an extreme low that comes with that. And I feel like it's better to just live on like the constant, like the steady, like internal validation, as opposed to these extreme highs and extreme lows Um, receiving validation from others you mentioned taylor swift earlier and there's this scene in her netflix documentary where i think it was either lover reputation had come out and been nominated for grammys and it didn't receive or submitted for nominations and it didn't receive any and that came on the heels of i think 
1989 or something, which had a lot or read, which one of them that had a lot of nominations and a lot of critical, critically acclaimed success. And she, I, there's like the scene of her crying and being like, it didn't get nominated for any. Mm -hmm. And like, again, it's that, that standard that you're holding yourself to, to and what you're normalizing and, um, yeah, it's regardless of like what level and metric of success you are going for, you still experience those lows. And so it's it's definitely helpful to put things in perspective, whether it's like mm-hmm. a test grade you got and not not getting nominated for Grammys. Yeah. It's the same emotions, <laughs> same, it's level, the same yeah. thoughts, it's the same experience <laughs> and this too shall pass. Yeah, exactly. Honestly, Taylor Swift must be having a huge confidence boost right now. Just with, I don't know if you were in line for the presale, like registration and stuff on Ticketmaster, but I was like, I am waiting in line for three hours for presale registration. Like, this isn't even like actually buying tickets. (laughs) I'm like hoping my parents are doing that because I'm going to be home when when she's in the Bay Area. And we went to a reputation tour and my sisters and I like fully converted my parents into Swifties and they were texting us updates about the tour. So I was like, really hoping you guys, but I'm not going to be like, are you in line? I know you guys are working, but are, are you getting the tickets? No, I fully did that I know to my you parents. both have like, Capital One visas. Yeah. <laughs> are you using your code? Okay, this is not happening. Like, this is canceled. Oh, my gosh. <sighs> no, I did that with, like, every – I was, like, texting my family group chat. I was, like, make sure to stay in line. I'm, like, just keep it open on, like, another browser. You can still do your work. Like, all you need to do is have it open on a browser and check back in a few hours. And then I was, like, does anyone know anyone with yeah. a Capital One card, please? Um, no, it's so funny and it's like even when she talked about before this album and kind of with like folklore and evermore she was like i'm getting to the point where i'm too old to be a pop star and i'm going to get to a point where i'm not achieving the same level of fame and and recognition and then she came out with this album and has mm-hmm. the top 10 billboard spots and broke every single record you can even imagine and so yeah. it's everyone has those fears and insecurities mm-hmm. and Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Even Taylor Swift. Taylor, if you're listening Even to this, Taylor Swift. we love you. Please. Everyone listen to Antihero. I'm That's really stressed about for today's it. episode. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So the last question is, what do you do to boost your confidence when you're having a bad mental health day? It kind of depends. I feel like what I describe as a bad mental health day is a day where I feel more depressed and low energy and unmotivated. Um, and just have that like kind of like numb sensation like that for me is when I'm like today is not a great day and in those days I'm like I have to do the opposite of everything that I want to do so I'm like I'm getting up I'm going to work out I'm forcing myself to go to classes I'm seeing friends I'm eating food I'm doing everything that my brain is telling me that I don't need to do because I should just stay in bed and do nothing I'm also trying to do things that I know bring me joy so I'll have my favorite cup of coffee I will go on TikTok, watch funny videos. I'll watch a TV show that I like. I will do things that I know I enjoy, even though I don't think I'm going to enjoy doing them. Maybe I'll do work that I enjoy, um, work on a skill that like I'm getting better at. So I get that little like boost of pride. When I'm having a low confidence day, it's tough. And I think a lot of what I do when I have a bad day is just really and truly trusting that this is just today and tomorrow I will feel different. And for a long time, that wasn't the case. I knew with like 100% certainty that I would wake up tomorrow and feel the exact same way or I would feel worse. And so that was a really scary and overwhelming thing to deal with and was a whole other 
challenge to overcome. But at this point, I, I am like, I know that this will go away within the hour, the day, the week, etc. And so it's like, what can I do to make myself feel better in the short term? And what can I do that I know will improve my mood and in turn kind of help me navigate this? And, and and really leaning on those habits that I know boost and maintain my mental health and my routines that I've put in place to help me feel good and, and leaning into all the resources that I have, whether it's friends or family or content that makes me feel good, all of those kinds of things. Um, but I definitely would say, specifically with confidence, I would say like wearing an outfit that without fail, like you always enjoy, I would say like doing my hair or makeup tends to help. Not because I feel like I have to like look a certain way or I'm like, if I don't do this, I won't feel as good about myself. But like taking the time to invest in myself is like a routine of like self-love, if that makes sense. Um, And yeah, I would say affirmations are always an amazing thing. I would say really forcing yourself to sit in the uncomfortable thoughts of like, I, I am worthy of all these things and I am a great person and deserving of being happy and these thoughts aren't accurate. And even though it feels uncomfortable because your instinct is to like sit in that negative emotion or thought kind of forcing yourself to, to say those positive things um, and, and really just having the the trust and the patience to know that it will shift, the feelings will lift and that they're, they're not going to last forever. Mm-hmm, definitely. I love the idea of doing something productive to make yourself feel more confident because I feel like just even doing a small task of like making your bed or like putting away your laundry, then you're like, you remember that you're doing something for yourself. And I feel like that yeah. helps you be like, okay, like things are going to work out. Like even today, I was just like feeling kind of like, eh, because, you know, just like moving to a new city and stuff. I feel like I'm still very much in like a transition phase and I'm just like, oh, I don't know what I'm doing and I'm stressed and lonely here. And so today was one of those days. And then I did my laundry and suddenly I was like, I am the baddest bitch in Boston. Like (laughs) no one can compare to me. (laughs) No, a hundred percent. And I think like, like this morning I was the same way. I was like, tried on four outfits. I was like, I hate all of these. And I have to study for a test that I'm already going to be late for. Like, this is just, I cannot deal with this. But I would say like when in doubt, when I'm just at wit's end and I'm like, so like near tears, so frustrated, like things are just not going my way. I'm like, I shower, I get ready for bed, I put on a TV show, I'll wake up in the morning and things will at least feel a little bit better. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I would say building routine and a foundation that you know keeps you on that upward trajectory. And when you have those low moments, really leading into that routine and those habits and and having the trust that it will shift because it has before, it will, it will change again. Um and yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. Well, thank you so much, Sadie, for coming on. I really appreciate it. Really appreciate all the wisdom that you shared. Um, and I will be linking the She Persisted podcast on the Instagram or the VOV Instagram and in the show notes of this episode. So if you guys are listening, definitely check it out. Great podcast. <laughs> Great host. Thank you. <laughs> thank you for having me. Definitely. All right. Well, if you guys are still listening, thank you so much. And remember to be over next